Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 142 of Three Beers In, your one-stop shop for beer news and reviews. I'm your host, Dominic, and as always, I am so, so glad that you guys are joining me here today, tonight, or whenever it is that you're listening. Fantastic show coming up here, ladies and gentlemen. A wonderful interview that I just concluded with Amanda Mayer, the brewer at Rupsum and Horman Brewing Company, the anticipated, the much anticipated brewing company that is coming up, that is opening uh, its doors soon. The launch party is in September 21st. I've got my tickets. You need to go right now to eventbrite.com. Stop what you're doing. I know you're listening. Go on your phone. Go to eventbrite.com. Look it up. I got the link in the show uh, notes here, so you're going to be able to uh, to do it real quick. Get these tickets. Be there. It's going to be absolutely just fantastic. Think about it, everybody. A brand spanking new brewery coming to Staten Island. I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. They got a whole bunch of celebrity guests that are going to be there that are going to be um, uh, uh, helping to serve the beers. So it's really making up to be a fantastic, wonderful, good time. I cannot wait. I really, I, I can't say it enough that I can't wait. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We are in the second, the second week of Sour September. Um, for most of you, you're loving it. I know everyone. There's a there's a big chunk of you out there that love these sour beers. I'm not necessarily against them, but I, I thanked uh, I thanked Amanda before because I said I was able to have Oktoberfest beers because it was a, it was a, I had to do interview beers. I can't do sour beers for the interview. So I took a little bit of break, a little bit of a break, but second week of Sour September, no beer has gone beyond my palate that has not been a sour. I got two sours here, ladies and gentlemen, lined up, ready to go. I don't know what they are. I just grabbed them out of my fridge. They could be anything. But, you know, last week was rough. Last week was rough, but I got a good feeling about this week. I got a really good feeling about this week. It's been going well for me. Granted, the week was a little bit hectic because I was off on Tuesday which totally screws up your algorithms mentally for your Monday nine to five, blah blah blah. But I got a good feeling about what's in this what's in this cooler right now. I've been I've been petting the cooler like almost like a genie or lamp is good, like a genie's lamp, and something's gonna come out and it's gonna be absolutely fantastic and delicious. Uh, what what else, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, so uh, real quickly for those of you that uh, jumped onto the sumo train, which you probably didn't do. Um, Tochi Notion, Tochi Notion, who's a sumo wrestler that I follow, is two and three going into day six. And uh, Takakesho, the comeback kid, my guy, known as uh, Bowling Ball with Leg, um, he is five and oh. He is just unstoppable right now. And we're feeling really good about him. I'm really excited. These are the guys I'm rooting for. It's cool. You know, I'm up at like 12 30 in the morning, one o'clock, feeding the baby. Wanting to be asleep, so I pop on the stream. It's the lower divisions of sumo at that point, but, uh, you know, because it's early in the day. Literally, they do sumo the entire day, but I'm not going to talk about sumo uh, anymore. Um, what should we call it? You know what? I'm going to just get right into the uh, to the hop uh, of the week because we have uh, this interview that I have queued up, and I want to be able to make sure that we have enough time for everything. So let me get the uh, the wheel up, and we are going to see what hop we have this week. Okay, so over to the wheel we go, and let's see what we get. This week we're going to be talking about... Galaxy Hops. Ooh, sounds far out. That's so lame. Uh, Galaxy, let's look it up here. Hopslist.com, that's my go-to when I look up hops. What do we got here? Galaxy, uh, descended from uh, from German variety... Pearl Galaxy is a unique Australian breed of hops that has the distinction of sporting the highest percentage of essential oils in the industry. It was uh, it has an amazing uh, excuse me it has an amazing citrus peach and passion fruit aroma, especially when used as a late addition. The flavor is often quite intense upon production, but mellows as it matures. Galaxy enjoyed the first con- uh, commercial production in 2009 after nine years of testing and quickly became popular in both Australia and overseas. I'm pretty sure I've had some ales that have had Galaxy in them. Nonetheless, here are some of the statistics here. Uh, its uh, characteristics are citrus, peach, and passion fruit aromas. Uh, its purpose is for bittering and also for aroma. 
the alpha acid composition is 11% to 16%, and the beta acid composition is 5 to 6.9%. Uh, it's made in Australia. It's from Australia. Uh, seasonal maturity is mid to late. Um, and uh, the substitutes they say here are Citra, Amarillo, and uh, Centennial. Uh, the style guide here says that it is uh, good for pale ales, India pale ale, and English-style uh, bitters. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. So Galaxy Hops, something I definitely, I'm pretty sure I've had when I was in, oh man, when I was upstate near Binghamton, there was like a small, small, very small brewery. And, and, and I think that uh, it was a Galaxy like IPA, I remember. Like I, I, I specifically remember it saying Galaxy Hops. But be on the lookout for them. You learned about them right here on Three Beers In, and uh, because we got this uh, this interview uh, lined up, I'm gonna jump. Um, I'm gonna just say real quick. I'm three and one in fantasy. I'm in four leagues. Uh, I did well in my dynasty league. I killed it in my dynasty league. I did well in my PPR league. I did awesome in my work league, but in my main money legacy league, the league I've been in the longest 10 years, two-time champion. That's right. Two-time champion. Um, I lost cause of Cam Newton, man. Jesus. He really, um, uh, I, I was, I, I don't know. I was conflicted between uh, saying screwed the pooch or shit the bed. Uh, but both are, but both work. So uh, I know he's playing tonight because I'm recording on Thursday night football. Uh, maybe I'll get to catch him later. But uh, who knows? Uh, hopefully, hopefully he bounces back. But enough of that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the beer news, shall we? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this one's a little bit of an old story. It's a little bit of an old news story, but uh, this is what I procured over this week. Um, this one, this one hurts, ladies and gentlemen. This one's out of from the uh, the de- uh, from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, Brian Manzula reports. This was written on uh, August thirty. Uh, August thirtieth. Founders Brewing Company to give up majority stake to Mahou or Mahou, whatever the fuck, uh, San Miguel. Another one bites the dust, ladies and gentlemen. This one smarts. This one really hurts. Founders was, you know, really, really good. Founders Brewing Company, Michigan's largest brewery, will cede majority ownership to its Spanish brewing partner, creating a shockwave in the state's craft beer scene. Documents filed by Founders last week with the Michigan Liquor Control Commission show that Spain's Best Beer uh, Incorporated, an affiliate of Mahao San Miguel, will own a 90% stake in the Grand Rapids-based company beginning in January of 2020. Mahao San Miguel had previously purchased a 30% stake in December of 2014. Mike Stevens and Dave Engbers, who co-founded Founders in 1997, will each retain a 5% share. Uh, MyBiz.com first reported the, uh, reported the deal Thursday afternoon. This is a couple weeks ago. Uh, founders confirmed the move in an email to the Free Press shortly after. And we have a quote here. Uh, Since 2014, we've enjoyed an excellent relationship with the Mahal Group, founders said in a statement. We're fortunate to have a partner with whom, can exchange, uh, with whom we can exchange brewing knowledge and business strategy, who also reflects our values as a company. Day-to-day operations will continue to be led by the existing Founders team. We'll continue to make the beers we love and have a partner in the Mahal Group who is just as passionate about beer and the future of Founders as we are. Yeah, they're passionate, all right. Uh, Founders will remain autonomous in managing its business products and teams. Engbers and Steven will continue to be the shareholders, uh, will continue to be shareholders in Founders and have no interest or intention of leaving. Uh, Their commitment to the brewery will remain and their roles and responsibilities will continue as they are now. Uh, Some more details uh, from MyBiz.com saying that um, the investment from Mahal allows founders to buy out more than two dozen minority shareholders it accumulated over the years, including family members of various executive local business people and other investors, according to the filings from the uh, MLCC. Uh, according to the documents my biz received uh, via the Freedom of Information Act, uh, the 2014 Founders Mahau acquisition stake had an agreement 
valued the, the they took 30% for th- uh, 96.3 million dollars and it included a provision allowing Mahao to acquire the remainder of the company starting in the 5th year of the initial deal. So these guys fucking sold out completely in 2014 but lingered on as if they didn't completely sell out. Um which is it's, it's a bit shystery. But uh, the move uh, is about two things, money and growth. Mahal San Miguel, founded in 1890, is the majority, is a major international brewer. And uh, the 30% stake it purchased in uh, 2014 allowed founders to expand its growth capital and broaden its reach across the globe the past several years. It also allowed founders to pass Bell's Brewery, which remains 100% independent, as Michigan's uh, largest brewery in 2017. Okay, so Bell's is 100% independent. All right. I, I, I don't know why I'm shouting that. I'm shouting that because they were the largest brewery being 100 percent independent. I don't care. Maybe they just had a little bit better. Who knows? Maybe they were in there first. I don't know what it is. But they're 100 percent independent and they were larger than you and you had to sell out to get big. OK, you weren't better than Bell's. You were not better than Bell's. All right. You sold out. And then what you did was you, you sold your soul to this company. And then you bought out the people that you brought up along the way. You bought them out. You you threw them to the curb. I'm shouting right here. So, um, guess what, guys? The founder's not craft no more. At all. I mean, so now, okay. So, dude, I've recommended Founders All Day IPA on this show before. It is a fantastic beer. It's a great session IPA. Uh, So crushable. Will this affect the quality? I mean, they're saying that it won't. So the Founders All Day IPA will still be a delicious go-to crushable beer. But now it's incumbent upon the individual uh, whether or not you knowingly want to put your money to put your money into a company that you know is no longer independently craft. Um, that's up to you. I will con- I will continue to give the information out. I'll let you know what's what. But me personally, I'm not going to do it. I am not going to purchase a beer that has the word founders on it. I will put my money into any other craft Michigan beer company. And that is that. Not doing it no more. So sorry. Not doing it. Um, This article comes from WTTW out of Chicago. And it says here, written by Alex uh, Rupenthal, always tell the author, uh, Field Museum. Evanston Brewery introduced a beer inspired by the 1893 World's Fair. Now, I thought this was a really, really neat, um, a really neat uh, article because it, it's showing like the beer and the and the can is like this old timey World's Fair like logo and stuff. And I just thought that was really, really neat. Uh, it says here, a beer created by the Field Museum and Evanston-based Temperance Beer Company pays tribute to a defining moment in Chicago's history, the 1893 World's Fair. Another thing, I'm really, really excited about. Oh, I'm, I'm assuming that Temperance Beer Company is a craft beer company. Um, so, you know, show your support to these guys, Goose Island. You know, they're big. They're no longer craft. You know, and and they're gobbling up the market share. You need to really support these local places. Uh, the dry hop cream ale called All the World is Here is inspired by the by the event that brought more than 27 million visitors from 46 countries to Chicago and helped cement its status as a world class city. The new brew is made from the same types of European two row Chevalier barley and American corn frown, uh, found in the field's original collection from 1893. Don't worry, Temperance used fresh versions of those ingredients. <laughs> Let me slap my knee. There we go. Um, the hot bite and malt flavor is a representation of the fair that created our museum and our culture, said Megan Williams, the field's director of business enterprises, in a statement. Traces of the historic event are apparent in the new beer. In addition to the barley and corn used to brew it, the beer is named after one of the mottos of the World's Fair. All the world is here. As a cream ale, this light, dry brew is also representative of the style of beer that was developed by American brewers in the 1800s. The World's Columbian Exposition of 1893 put a star on Chicago's flag because it progressed and defined us as a city. 
reads the description on each can of All the World is Here. New ideas mixed with old, prejudices, preju prejudices mixed with hope, and the future came into focus. The new beer is available at the Fields Restaurant, Temperance's um, Evanston Brewery, and select Chicago area stores. Really, really neat here that they're paying homage to the history of Chicago, which I think is really cool to bring things uh, back. You know what? Also, just to reach back to the to the last article I read about Mahau, San Miguel, at least we still got bells, baby. I don't want to see them go nowhere. Stay right there where you are, okay? Don't you dare. Don't you dare go anywhere. Don't you dare sell to anybody. Speaking of Michigan, I got another article here, uh, this one from WWMT out of West Michigan. So everybody out there, uh, shout out to you guys because you're getting uh, seriously, seriously featured here today. Uh, Michigan beer merger here. We have Roke Brewing Company to acquire Dark Horse Brewing Company. It's written by Michael Krafik, and this was written yesterday. Um, out of Marshall, Michigan, a popular West Michigan brewery is on the verge of gaining new ownership. According to the filing with the Michigan Liquor Control Commission, I've talked about them twice now, uh, Marshall-based Dark Horse Brewing Company submitted a request to transfer ownership of its brewing and, uh, and on- and off-premises licensing to Royal Oak-based Roke uh, Brewing Company. Uh, Dark Horse President uh, Aaron Morse said the move is a merger and the brewery's uh, separate brands are to remain intact with no layoffs planned. Morse said he will retain an ownership stake once the deal is finalized. And according to the MLCC, uh, David Harns, uh, he said that uh, the commissioners need to approve the deal and a process that could take up to three months or more, depending on the forms that were submitted, if they were correctly, and however the numbers were. Dark Horse was founded in 1997, and Roke was founded in 2015. Both breweries were um, in the top 25 for production of more than 300 uh, Michigan craft breweries in 2018. Dark Horse uh, Brewing sold 4,654 barrels of its beer in Michigan in 2018, down 59% compared to 2017. So a little trouble there for um, for that brewery. A lot of Michigan news, a lot of stuff going on uh, in Michigan. And I'm really glad that I was able to bring that information to you guys and a little bit of something out of Chicago. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put down the phone here where I was reading these articles, and I am going to bring in the interview that I had with Amanda Mayer. So um, stay tuned, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Three beers welcome to Amanda Mayer, brewer at the anticipated Rubson and Horman Brewing Company, whose launch party is uh, this Saturday, September 21st, 2019, uh, from 12 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at Flagship Brewing Company, which is located at uh, 40 Minthorn Street in Staten Island, New York, uh, 10314. You can get your tickets right now on Eventbrite, and I will post the link uh, in the show notes and also on Facebook so that you can get those tickets. They're selling out quickly and because it's going to be a huge event. Amanda, thank you so, so very much for joining us. Our first guest of season yeah. two. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's just so exciting. Amanda, if you'd be so kind to start things off by just telling us, how did it all begin for you? Like, did those delicious craft beers just draw you into brewing? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so um, I was in my mid-20s, and not to get my age away too much, but um, I've now been brewing for about a little over 10 years. Um, and it kind of started with the jobs I had had really since I was a teenager. My first job was as a bar back in an English pub. Um, and I had been working in brew pubs really ever since, working my way through college on a poli-sci degree. Um, and then the mid-20s rolled around. It's like, okay, let's get serious but I found myself not wanting to do what I was getting a degree in. So what else had I done? Um, and the answer was beer. And at the time, um, I was with a partner that also was into beer. And so we started um, homebrewing. And my first beer 
uh, was a milk stout. And it was from one of those like little kits that you got. Oh, from, yeah. um, I think it was Brooklyn Brew Shop. Uh-huh. Where, you know, they just give you the bag and they're like, yeah, here's a, like, what, five lines of instructions. They're like, just go for it. It'll turn out to be beer, I swear. It's, yeah. um, and we and we did it. And so every step was just wildly confusing. We're like, but why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing it that way? And that was the moment where, like, beer for me became a super passionate hobby. Um, I was still going to school at the time but I was just so thirsty for knowledge as to why we were steeping at a certain temperature or what was the big deal behind you know the water to grain ratio and it just it was something that would honestly keep me up at night so wow. we then started brewing IPAs and Belgian doubles and oh, you really? know which of course as everyone has brewed a building double the first time it exploded everywhere <laughs> and so you know just more questions came like why did it explode so that's kind of where my my love story with beer started and then by the belgian double point um i wanted to make craft beer a career so i became a certified cicerone oh cool i started seeking yeah i started seeking bars um and really the political culture in New York City with the craft beer scene. I started seeking people who had the same passion as I did. Um, I worked for for Alewife for a while, which had amazing beers, and I found all kinds of like my first beer craft beer love there. Um, and then I worked for Single Cut Beer Smiths in Queens for cool. a few years. So it was really um, it, once I decided to go for it, I went for it one hundred percent, and and that's where. I am with Captain Smith. Here we are. So I just wanted to let you know, full disclosure, I, this is a beer show. As everyone who listens in knows, I try to talk about beer news that comes out, uh, the latest that I could find, and I also do beer reviews as well. I want to thank you right now because uh, I'm going to be thanking you a lot on this show uh, as this interview goes on. I want to thank you right now because we're right in the midst of Sour September, which means the only yeah. beers that we're allowed to have on Three Beers In are Sours. I don't mind them, but sometimes you need a little bit of break. So for interview beers, it's usually Bell's Too yeah. Hearted, but right now I'm having a Sam Adams Oktoberfest, and it's fantastic, and I want to thank you oh, for that. Good. So I didn't have to. Uh, well, I didn't I, have uh... to sit there with a tart face. <laughs> it does. It's interesting though, like how our, our palates kind of go in these ebbs and flows. Oh, it's um, crazy. I mean, it, what I'm, I'm sure for you it was the same as well. Like it was, you know. IPAs and then the crazy IPAs and then it was sours and then I'm sure now for you I'm sure it's pilsners or just something more subtle but yeah no the, the, it, it is true beer. it is true you you're making a good point there our palates do go in these these carousels I like to say where we'll want yeah. we'll crave one type of beer and then you you almost not I want to say despise the other type but you just you're like I don't want to try that right now I'm not, I'm not into that what are you exactly. what is your what is your beer right now what are you uh what are you craving? What is what is your oh, beer of the now? Pilsners, like oh, my heart, one hundred percent. Yeah, thank <laughs> Clean, you. Crisp. Oh, stop it. You know, stop it. You're you're, you, you're you killing me. Like, because <laughs> as as a brewer, I mean, I know right now. Um, I think milk IPAs are, are a thing right now. Mm. But for the last couple of years, with the whole New England IPA craze, um, which is great, but as a brewer and somebody who's trying to keep costs down, like the horror of, of hearing how much hops are in these New England IPAs when, you know, you could have an equally good IPA um, at far less operating costs. But it kind of makes you think, you know, are these beers just, oh, I saw a bunch of things in the brewery. Let me just throw it into the kettle and it'll be good. Whereas a Pilsner, you know, it, it's, such a, a hard thing for a brewer um, to make because there's nothing to hide off flavors. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's, it's such a, a delicate beer, and it, it really it it takes a lot of knowledge to do it correctly. Um, right now, one of my favorite pilsners is um, Three Brewing. Uh, I think it's called the Bliet. Bliet. I've had that um, on the show. It's been fantastic. Great beer. Yeah. Uh, great brewery. Um, so beers like that, something that just like, it's, 
you make enough um, that, like, if you were to do a blind tasting, you'd be like, yeah, this is 30s. Um, but super chuggable, like, you could knock back a bunch, but still appreciate the craft of it. Um, so that's kind of what we wanted to do with, with our Pilsner. And Pilsner is definitely my, my favorite style at the moment. Who knows if it's going to be two years from now, but it's my favorite style right now. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. One of the things that I had lined up here was to thank you again. Like I said, I was thanking you for allowing me to have this Oktoberfest. And then I was going to thank you on behalf of the Three Beers in Faithful to see that at this launch that you are going to be featuring a Pilsner. Like that, for me, was just yeah. fantastic to see. You know, yeah, not a uh, New England IPA or milkshake. I like five different IPAs plus, you know, something else. Now, we, we wanted to do, or I wanted to do at least kind of an homage to classic styles, um, but you know, just like a little bit of a modern spin on it. Obviously, as, as a brewery, you want to brew things that you want to drink, of course. Um, so that's really what we wanted to do, of course, opening a brewery. Um, very hard to do a pilsner at the beginning because it's not like i said before particularly cost efficient because as you know lagers take twice as long yes um but it's something that we were we were super passionate about having in the lineup um and then of course as kind of an homage to the pre-prohibition say that three times fast (laughs) um spirit of rubson and harman uh we wanted to do something a little bit more classical so what would you say are the if if you could maybe limit it to to a, a short like I I put here three words but that's like I mean what am I doing running a magazine here what would you say <laughs> is the philosophy of R and H like what is the what is like your if you were to say the mission statement as a brewer what would you say it is as a brewer um, revival friendship. And innovation, okay. I guess, in, in three words. Goodness, um, you didn't have to do the three words. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> went back on it. Challenge accepted. Oh, you did great. That um, was great. Uh, as far as as Brian is concerned, revival is hugely important to him. He was born and raised on Staten Island. He's super passionate about the community, um, as well as Kara Gordon, who's our chief operating officer. Um, mm-hmm. Both born and raised on Staten Island. It's it's super important for them to kind of revive the glory days um, that the island was, uh, you know, pre-prohibition in terms of distilleries and breweries. I mean, there was there was fun to them. It was it was really like a great thing to see um, in the museums and the pictures of past and stuff. So that was kind of his passion project was to revive this. Um, and same for me. I've always loved classic styles. Uh, so as far as the brewing aspect comes that, um, and then same thing from Brian, the friendship aspect he's, he's known for impractical jokers, mm-hmm. um, you know, for BFF from high school and his thought behind even considering the brewery is he just wants beer, but he can sit around with his friends and just not that. That's um, awesome. So I wanted to respect that from a brewery standpoint and create beers that that was at first exactly that purpose and not to have these, you know, wild 7% beers that, you know, only a few palates enjoy. I wanted it to mm-hmm. be for everybody. I wanted it to be for, you know, a circle of friends who just enjoy talking to each other instead of, you know, snobbing over the aroma. No, I, I definitely hear you with that. Um, hello. Uh-oh, something happened with my uh, my device here. Hold on. Hello? Great, now I'm having technical difficulties. I can hear you fine on my end. Okay, sorry about that. Where sorry. was I? Um, so just wanted to jump back to, to you real quick, but and I do want to talk about RNH a little bit more, but one of the questions that I had gotten from one of the listeners was they wanted to ask you, how was the transition from home brewing to professional brewing for you? Like, was it was it an easy transition or was there difficulties along the way? Obviously, there's probably some difficulties along the way, but like, what was your experience um, transitioning from home brewing to professional brewing? Oh, it was horrifying. Oh my God. <laughs> so any, anybody who's listening who wants to go from home brewing to professional brewing or, or anything larger than a five-gallon batch, 
Um, don't expect it to be easy. It's not. Um, there's there's whole other, you know, aside from the, the scaling up um, math, I mean, math and chemistry were never my strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the thought of, of having other people drink your beer is is just, you know, nerve-wracking and anxiety-ridden. But um, for... Gosh, for about a year, we've been doing um, pilot batches at Bitter and Esters, which is, uh, I think, the only brew-on-premise um, homebrew shop in New York State. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is, I just found out the other week, it was just wild to me that, that brewing isn't, like, brewing on-premise isn't um, a huge thing in New York City, considering how little space we have. Um, so for, gosh, I think we did three batches of of beer there and you know as a home brewer you have five gallons to work with so the sky's the limit you can get you know the most expensive yeast you can get the wildest ingredients like yeah. sure throw you know rose hips in there whatever um Good. yeah but yeah fuck it <laughs> but as a professional brewer trying to make a recipe that you would want to drink but using you know, cost efficient ingredients and okay, it's not just me drinking this beer, it's thousands of people drinking this beer. I really don't want to fuck this up. Like yeah. how do we do that? So they were a huge help. Um, John Doug and Jack who works there, uh, in, you know, helping me figure out, you know, where where we wanted to go in that process. Um and just yeah, it's it's the process is incredibly scary and nerve wracking. Um but Tara, our COO of RNH, she was incredibly supportive. And Brian was like, like literally do whatever style you want in the spirit of RNH. And so just having that support is incredibly important. Um, but more importantly, if you want to get into professional brewing, just, I mean, r- really the only, the only thing to do is just jump. Because otherwise in, yeah. <laughs> you would never do it. So. Yeah, you're right. One more question about um, about you as a brewer. Um, what was your favorite uh, beer to make at home, and do you still home brew? Um, I still home brew. The gosh, the, I think my most favorite to do um, was wheat beers, really. Oh yeah, because it was it was such a it was such a dry, basic recipe in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Wit beers being my favorite, but it was it was kind of something that you could make into anything. So for actually the launch party, I ended up making um, a pomegranate wit beer. But I mean, cool. just your basic, you know, two row white wheat, um, a little acidulated malt uh, recipe like the Griff. Um, again, basic wit beer. Uh, yeast and very delicate hops, but it was the, the extra ingredients um, that we put in. That was, I don't know, it kind of makes you feel a little bit like a chef. Um, so from a home brewing standpoint, I love making wheat beers. Um, I love drinking IPAs, though. I mean, <laughs> you'll probably almost always see me in a bar with an IPA. Um, I if, if the Pilsners are Coors Light and Bud Light on draft. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the most fun to, to make for me is definitely wheat beers. Cause I think you can get pretty creative with them. One more. I said one more before, but this is the last question from a, from a listener. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he wanted to know, because what I do here on the show is I, I try to feature a hop a week. The thing about what I love about craft beers is just how vast it is. And with the listeners, there are people that listen that just really appreciate loving and drinking the craft beers. If they say, if it tastes good, just give it to me. But I have a big base that wants to learn about hops and wants to learn about malts, especially. Malts are hard for the layman, I want to I want to use the word layman, but this is this is family here at Three Beers In. These it's hard <laughs> yeah. to break into talking about malts. So if you could, without revealing any secrets, if you could tell us what is your favorite hop to work with and then what is your mm-hmm. also your favorite malt concoction to work uh, with yeah so um for listeners i want to say first of all malt if you're thinking too hard about it or if it's a scary thing for you 
you're making it way too complicated. Because I promise you, the best beers that you've ever had have max two to three malts in them. And even the second and third amount in those grits are less than 10%. Oh, wow. So malt, you know, the most um, complicated thing about them are from the maltster. So find a maltster that you like, um, whether it's Bryce or Wireman or, you know, whatever it is, um, find one that you like and stick with it and make that crisp simple simple as you can humanly do um with that being said um i love avant-garde malts um which i think the distributor is ld carlson but you can find it um anywhere online or in a homebrew shop um any any german malts i like um two honestly two pale is is so easy to work with it's so um you can build on it in so many ways. Um, with that being said, I use a lot of the animals in all three of the beers that we're launching. So, um, you know, like toasty, um, just very lightly nutty uh, flavors are something I love um, to do in the recipes. Mm-hmm. As far as favorite hop goes, um, I'm such a traditional girl. I One of my favorite hop to work with um back in the day with centennial okay yeah um i just i love the the floral simplicity to it um and for you especially bells two hearted uh that was also one of my first ipa loves so centennial kind of has a very uh special place in my heart nice as far as r and h beers go um we use a lot of amarillo in them oh cool yeah so because I was going to say, listen, the, the, just to speak about Bell's Too Hearted, it's just so darn good to go back to one of those it's IPAs, so right? Good, right? Oh, yeah. man. You know, with all the haze craze that's going on, when you sit down with one of those, you're just like, damn, I almost forgot about this, right? <laughs> no. You can't knock the classics. They've been around for years for a reason. And there's a reason. You're absolutely right. So just to wrap things up a little bit, I want to try to go into just a little bit of detail about the beers that are going to be featured at the launch. So we're having the the IPA. Uh, the mm-hmm. Pilsner and the Amber. Yep. Okay. So, so now with the with the IPA, you said there's going to be a lot of Amarillo uh, flying around here. Wh- what would you say oh, yeah. is uh, if you could go into just a little bit more detail about the Amber? Yeah. So, um, the Amber was kind of uh, a salute to uh, Kara RCO, like that I mentioned, um, and she loves darker beers. Um, so the amber isn't a typical American amber. Um, granted, yes, it's it's certainly hoppier um, than a normal amber would be, considering we just dumped a shitload of amarillo in there. <laughs> However, it it's almost in an amber bordering bordering on a brown ale. Oh, cool! Because um, I love like toasty, um, Vienna malt. Uh, there is also a touch of Munich in there, so nice. it has you know, notes of molasses and uh, burnt chocolate and those kind of um, nuances to them. But it is very much a an amber bordering on a brown. So that one's going to be a fun one for us to sell to the public because um, everyone, I think, is used to, you know, an amber being Dos Equis or Negro Modelo or something like that. But That's it is true. definitely a heavier um, fall and winter beer. Uh, listen, I got to tell you, I applaud the bravery because, uh, you know, the more and more I get into to craft, I've been doing the show for a couple of years now, you hear people in the community constantly saying, where are the Pilsners? Where are the Brown Ales? Where are these? Where is that? And, yeah. you, and you, you touched on it before. It's like, listen, we're, we're also trying to run a business here, and it's important that we, you know, we keep costs at, at, at uh, what it has to be to, for us to do well and uh, also hit people with what they want. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's not to say that R&H wouldn't um, go above and beyond these three styles. We're actually working on um, other styles right now to launch for the winter. Um, but, you know, those will be our our quintessential three, essentially, because those are the three beers that the three of us love drinking. So we really wanted to stay true to that and have um, staples. However, at the launch, um, we'll have a pomegranate wit beer and a smoked Oktoberfest beer because Ooh. it's actually the first day of Oktoberfest on next Saturday or this Saturday, however, when you, whenever you're airing this. 
Oh, it's going um, up right at, right right at, tonight. It's going. It goes up tonight, oh, okay. and then everyone everyone <laughs> so consumes it when Saturday. they will. This is exciting. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So we'll we'll have crazy styles, and you know, for me as a brewer, like I I love doing weird shit in one off. Um. Cool. That's but, awesome. You know, it, it'll it'll be um you know our three staples, and then and then plus seasonal changes. So. That's going to be so much fun. I, I, the, yeah. the, the anticipation is building. The, it's palpable. People are going nuts. I couldn't oh, believe it. Good. When when it popped up on my Instagram, I was like, what is this? And I saw a cat, and then it said, and it had like, it had like the Staten Island thing. I'm like, all right, this is, what is this, like a construction company? And then it said <laughs> beer, and I was like, I got to do something. I have to do something. And yeah, I immediately yeah. just started telling everyone that I could on the podcast. Like, Everyone's so excited. So, Amanda, oh, good. for the, for, uh, this is your moment now. If you'd like to just say anything to anybody, if you want to say some social media stuff, uh, you, the floor is yours to say whatever you'd like. Yeah, we're just we're super excited to see everyone um, on September 21st. Uh, the event's almost sold out, so if you haven't gotten tickets, um, please get them now um, or contact me at rnh underscore Amanda on Instagram, um, and then either me and Kara at our names at robsonandhorman.com um yeah we're just we're super excited for everyone to taste and for us to finally be out in the open karen karen brian has been working on this for two years now um wow. so we're excited for it to finally be out there and for you to be drinking good beer with your friends so pumped amanda thank you so so much for t- for taking your time out to talk to us and we look yeah, forward to seeing you on saturday awesome dominic also come uh, come hang out with me I mean, we, um, you got sure it. Known. We're coming. We're coming. The three beer and table are coming. All right. Thank you so Great. much. Thank you. It wasn't until right now that I realized that I so botched the beginning of that interview by saying um, flagship uh, brewing uh, company. And uh, what else did I say? I totally screwed up. I said a three beer welcome. <laughs> uh, anyway, but hey, what a really fun interview, wasn't that, guys? I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was so fantastic. And I'm really, I just cannot wait to go to this event. It's going to be so cool. And like, I just can't wait to see the beers that are going to come out from RNH. It's going to be such a wonderful, fantastic, good time. But now, without further ado, it's time for me to crack open these sour beers that are here, ladies and gentlemen. What do we have inside? The first one I'm going to grab is this one. Okay. So from. Okay, so from, uh, I was trying to read what was on the, from Clown Shoes, Clown Shoes, and where, where's Clown Shoes again? Are they in Chicago? Nope, they're in Vermont. Clown Shoes, independent brewery, gotta make sure. Uh, our mission to produce beer without pre- uh, pretension while being free and a little crazy. 6.5 alcohol by volume. It is, oh shit, uh, it's a half sour India Pale Ale with Australian Galaxy Hops. Holy fuck let's get right into this one okay hold on let me crack it open here so oh that smells very clean i'm gonna pour it right here into this glass here and i'm going to i'm excited because this is the i'm telling you guys this was not planned that's the hop of the week this week and i'm gonna be able to i mean it is granted it is half sour i wonder what they did to make it half sour but right off the bat, the color is a beautiful dark golden color. Uh, not so much head. I got about half a finger ahead here. A very clean, crisp smell. Uh, I'm going to place that down, and then I'm going to reach in and get the other beer. I have two glasses down here. The second beer we have... I can't find it. Where the... F- oh, here we go. All right. From Evil Twin. Evil Twin, Bre- uh, Twin Brewing Company. Old Fashioned Lemonade. IPA. Oh shit! Is this a is this a sour? If it's a sour, I can't have it. If it's a sour, I can't have it. A refreshing uh, drink often associated. No, that's just them explaining. It. Is this a sour? Because it says it's an IPA with lemon added. If not, then we might have a battle of two. What what could be two really good beers here? But let's let's crack this bad boy open, and give this one a try. So we pour it out here. A lot lighter. In the golden color, a lot more lemonade looking. Uh, pours in there real good. Again, not too much head, some stuff floating around, some floaties. Smells a bit awkward. 
So I'm gonna go for the I'm gonna go for the clown shoes first and give this a go. Half sour. God damn, that's fucking great. That's so good because it's so slightly sour that I wouldn't even call it a sour. Maybe I can't call it a sour. Let's go for the other one here. Okay. Oh shit. This is tough. Oh, fuck my life, man. Well, of course, the two that I pick are just, they're absolutely fantastic. So, the Old Fashioned Lemonade IPA, is, it says here an India Pale Ale with lemon added. It is so delicate, but like this lemon flavor, oh man. It's really like Rattler or something. It's almost, it's so, it's sweet, but with like a lemon, slight lemon tartness. This is actually really fucking amazing. Oh shit. All right, excuse me. Sorry about that. 7% alcohol by volume. This thing is drinking like a fucking drink. It's drinking like a, like I'm having a, a fruit drink. You know, it doesn't really, there's a definitely an IPA flavor there, but it's not too bitter. Let me do another sip of it. It's not bitter. It's got like a, a wet cut grassy kind of uh, taste to it. Bright flavor. Slightly tart from the lemonade flavor, but also very lemonade flavor. Like there's a sweetness there to it. Back to the clown shoes. Mm. I don't know if it's good to be bouncing back and forth. Damn, the clown shoe one is fucking amazing too. Shit. I'm in deep shit here. Because... I did some more helpings of the lemonade one because of like how how like fantastic that flavor is to try to make it that when I had the clown shoes one here, I wouldn't like it as much, but it's a fucking tie. It can't be a tie. One of them has to win here. The Drongo, the Drongo, it's called half sour India Pale Ale with those with those galaxy hops in there. There's there's some it's bursting with flavor. Hang on. Mm. So bright, so refreshing, very citrusy. And then that half sour flavor creeps in. It is so pleasant. Like it's, I'm not, I'm not cringing at all. There's no tart. There's no like warhead face. And it has a really, really mellow finish to it. More of a beer flavor than the evil twin. I'm going to go back to that again. That's really good, man. Has the flavor of... Has the, the, the bright, crisp flavor of a pale ale that's not, that's not too um, bitter. This is really hard. I am thoroughly impressed by both of these beers. Thoroughly impressed by both of these beers. Floored by them. And I and, and I'm really upset that I have to pick one of the over the other here, because this is. Oh, uh, granted, granted. Okay, you know what? I gotta go with the Drongo from Clown Shoes. Okay, and let me tell you guys, th this was really really hard. Both of these beers are absolutely excellent. Evil Twin here. Let's see, when was this one made? Okay, it doesn't really say on the bottom, but. Oh man, coming out of Boston, Evil Twin has had some really good ones. Actually, over here I have an Evil Twin Molotov Heavy that was brewed in 2017. It's 17.2% .2 alcohol. I think I want to try it for like a New Year's episode. Try to do something different to celebrate the new year. But um, the only reason I'm going to give... Okay, maybe not the only reason. These, these beers are excellent. It is a dead heat tie between the two flavors that I'm getting here. But I got to say, the Drongo says on it that it is a half-sour IPA. This is saying it's an India Pale Ale with lemon added, which is going to give you a sour flavor. And it is there. There's a tartness there of like a sour tartness. But does it necessarily mean that they've brewed a sour? You know? So... With that being said, I'm going to give the nod to the Drongo Half Sour IPA because it has, it's it's a fantastic beer. This is actually, this is, 
the first time I would seek out a sour, even though it says half sour. So I do feel like I'm I'm cheating a little bit. Please forgive me. Like I said, when I walked into uh, Beverage Island to get these sours, I was not. I was just grabbing whatever was in the sour section there and had sour around it. So I'm sorry. These both looked like they were sours to me. I, I saw the word sour. I didn't realize half sour. So with a grain of salt, I will say that it is the Clown Shoes, the Drongo Half Sour IPA over Evil, Evil Twins Old Fashioned Lemonade IPA. Although I will tell you, you guys should go out and try the both of these because they taste absolutely fantastic. I I did this blew away my expectations of tonight. I did not expect these beers to taste so good. I'm I'm a little upset that I opened them both at the same time because now I gotta pick and choose which one I'm gonna do or which I'm gonna drink first and then finish with. I think I'm gonna go with the clown shoes and then finish with the evil twin because the evil twin is more dessert like. And um when I say dessert like I mean like I would wanna finish off with that. But now it goes to Clown Shoes, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so, so much for listening this week. I really do appreciate it. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, it was really fantastic. Don't forget, Rubsum and Horman, RH Brewing uh, Company, their launch party, okay? This Saturday. Is it this Saturday? Is it this Saturday? What's, what's today's date? Not this Saturday, but the next, right? Hang on. I got to bring up a calendar here. Okay, I don't want to um, tell people the wrong thing. That's right. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday, the 21st, from 12 noon to 7.30 p.m. at the flagship flagship Brewing Company, 40 Minthorn Street, Staten Island, New York, 10301. Uh, it says here, Brian Q of Impractical Jokers is reviving a dead brewery for his hometown. Come be a part of its resurrection. You could join Q of the Tenderloins and Impractical Jokers for the launch of R&H Brewing Company. As your bartender, uh, this $25 includes unlimited R&H beer inside the tap room. Um, and um, there's limited uh, tickets to, uh, to try to get some brews and hang with Q. And there's uh, times here. So you got 12 to 125, 130 to 255, 3 p.m. to 425, 430 to 555, 6 p.m. to 725. Special guest bartender appearances, limited edition merchandise, and fun giveaways. You must be 21 years of age to enter or older with a valid ID. Persons under 21 not permitted. You can't drink the beer, wear the gear. They got their merch. It's up and available. I will post these links in the show notes. Guys, really and truly, thank you for listening, and I really hope to see you all at this launch party. It's looking like it's going to be a fantastic time. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview, and I really hope you guys have a great weekend. Catch you next week, everybody.